Hey folks, welcome to the Monthly Call with Mark. This is the private webinar slash private podcast that I host for customers of Let's Do the Books. And this month we are talking about how people tend to manage their cash. And, and what I've observed over eight years of being the money guy for coaches and consultants and freelancers and patterns I've seen, and, you know, not that I don't really plan to talk today about any patterns that are particularly good or bad, because I think that the patterns are pretty much neutral or the choices that people make are pretty much neutral, but I can speak to pros and cons of different approaches that people have and how they're, how they're managing their, manage their money. So we may not have a full hour worth of material today. And if we don't, that's fine but I want to demonstrate some things. So if you're listening to this on the podcast feed, I would, and, and you hear something that you think is worth, worth reviewing, uh, check your inbox for the video link, because I will, I will post the video to show you how some of these things work, but we got people trickling in here. I'm going to jump in and start, uh, start talking. Welcome to all of you who are here with me live. Let me put some stuff on the screen and we will get going. Okay. So what's on your screen right now is you need a budget, YNAB. It's the tool that we use to do your bookkeeping. It's the tool that I've been using to manage my own cash flow and my client's cash flow since 2014. And I love it for a lot of reasons. And today, what I want to do is demonstrate to you what I observe in people's businesses and talk about different options for how they might want to change that in terms of what they do to manage their cash. Now, there are two questions that I, I think that my whole business revolves around answering two questions for people. I think all of the questions that I get could fit under one of two headings. And the first, the first question is, am I okay? Meaning business owners, since, again, since 2014 have been asking me, okay, Mark, you know, you're the one looking at everything. You're the one who's seen all this. Am I okay? Is everything going to be all right? And they're kind of looking for me to show them their cash, organize that cash in a way that allows me to say, Yep, you're doing just fine. Or for me to say, you will continue to be fine if X, Y, and Z conditions are met. But they want to know if they're going to be okay. And the other thing they want to know is if they can afford it, whatever it happens to be. Now, since most of my clients are coaches, they mostly want to know if they can afford more coaching, more coaching if they can afford travel to the mastermind or to the event or whatever it is. And they want to know if they can afford to pay themselves more. Ironically, weirdly, that ends up being the thing that they often care about the least is whether they can pay themselves more, but that's probably a conversation for another day. So people ask me, am I okay? And, and can I afford it? And the way many people do that is with what, what I've always called. And I, I think a lot of people call bank balance budgeting. So oftentimes people will have one bank account and they'll decide whether or not they're okay and whether or not they can afford whatever happens to be on their mind right now based on the balance of that bank account. And if the balance is above a certain threshold and the threshold varies from person to person, but if the balance is above a certain threshold, they'll say to themselves, yep, I'm okay. Or if it's below that threshold, they'll say, no, this is a crisis. And if they're trying to decide whether they can afford something, they'll look at the bank balance and they'll say, I can afford it. That's great. Or I can't afford it. People take this one step farther. I think uh, thanks in large part to a book called Profit First that came out uh, however many years ago now, six, seven, eight years ago, something like that. 
Profit First encourages people to use bank accounts as sort of an envelope system for their money. So Profit First says, well, you've got your main account where you do your operating, and then you have an account where you keep your taxes, and then you have maybe a, a profit account. So people end up with multiple bank accounts. They're still doing bank balance budgeting. They're just doing it with a few extra bank balances. So that when they ask themselves, am I okay and can I afford it? Now, instead of referring to one bank balance, they're refer- referring to four or five. Is this an improvement? I think it's an improvement. Is it ideal? For me, it's still not ideal, but it is an improvement. And I want to talk about that today. The alternative to everything, uh, to the bank balance approach is an, en- is a, is an envelope-based system, something like you need a budget. You need a budget is not the only one. There are probably dozens of these tools out there. I think you need a budget is one of the oldest. And I think, you know, even with my bias, I think it's one of the best, but you need a budget invites people to partition their money more thoughtfully and more in a slight, in a more granular way. So over the years, speaking of profit first, a lot of people have come to me and said, do you do profit first? And I've always said, well, I actually was doing Profit First before it was called that. And it's because Mike Michalowicz, the author of Profit First, he built Profit First around the idea of envelope-based budgeting. And envelope-based budgeting is when I receive money, I divide that money among the various jobs that I need it to do in my life. He just happens to encourage people to have one of those jobs be taxes and one be profit and one be, I don't know what else he actually asked people to do. It's been a while since I read the book. A tool like you need a budget says every dollar that comes into your life needs to be assigned a job. And you actually have more than five jobs for your money, but you don't want to have 45 bank accounts. And so systems like profit first say, we'll just have three or four or five bank accounts. And that's, again, it's okay. It's not ideal. So on your screen right now, I want to show you kind of how these things work. And I want to talk about what I think are the pros and cons. And I've got to refer to my notes because uncharacteristically, I made some notes because I want to be reasonably thorough. Okay, so let's look at the bank balance method. First of all, on your screen, you have YNAB. This is also, by the way, this is my sneaky way of sort of introducing you to how we manage your money so that you have a little bit more transparency in how your bookkeeping gets done and it makes a little more sense to you. So let's pretend that Mary Q client makes a $1,000 coaching payment. And on the screen right now, for those of you listening to the audio, I've just entered $1,000 into the business. That's $1,000 sitting in my Stripe account waiting to post or to transfer over to my checking account. Well, we know that when Stripe, uh, when Stripe processes a payment for us, well, I haven't added a merchant fees category to my, to my example here, but Stripe's going to charge us about, for ease, we're going to say $30. Merchant, I'm going to add a category right now, merchant fees. So Stripe charges us $30. So of that original, uh, of that original thousand dollars, we have about $970 left. Operating expenses is the, is the category group. Okay. So now I have $970 left. So if I'm operating in a bank balance approach, when that money transfers over to my checking account, here's what it looks like in YNAB. The money goes to checking 1111, and we're going to transfer the full amount over there. So the money was in Stripe. They took their fee, and then the remaining $970 got transferred over to checking 1111. And look, there it is. Now I have $970 in my checking account. Now, if I'm doing a bank balance approach, I have my percentages written down, or I have something, I have it in my head. Well, here's what I do. You know, what do I... 
uh, here's what I'm going to do with that $970. And maybe I've told myself that 25% of every, of every amount that I collect needs to go to taxes. Well, in a bank balance approach, I create a transfer between those accounts. So now I have, I have my other checking account, 2222 here, and I'm going to transfer, transfer $970 times 0.25, which is $242 and change. And now the balance of my checking account, my operating account has gone down. And the balance of my tax checking account where I'm going to hold my money for taxes has gone up. And now when I look at my phone and I look at my bank balances, I'm going to see, okay, there's $700 left in my operating account. There's $240 left in my, or there's $240 in my tax account. And I'm going to use that information to help me answer those two core the key questions. Am I okay? And can I afford it? The, the question that we're addressing directly is, will I have the tax money that I need when I need it? Can I afford my taxes? And we're building up the balance in that checking account, that extra checking account, so that when tax time comes, that balance is high. We're also trying to answer the question, am I okay? Because when I open my phone and I look at my bank balances, I can say, look, the balance in my tax, tax account is growing. That means I'm okay. We still have the lingering question of, is it enough? But if, we, if we've created our percentages based on the advice of our CFO or of our tax professional, then we're probably allocating a high enough percentage to that, that, that account that we have some sense of calm and peace. Like, yep, I think I'm okay because I know that every time I get money, I move some of it into my tax checking account or tax savings account, whatever the case may be. That's the bank balance approach. It's not a bad approach, but here's why I don't love it. First of all, it's clunky. If every time I, I have to make a transfer, I have to open the mobile app on my phone, or I have to go into my bank, I have to make a transfer. It may not feel very clunky in the moment, but I promise I'll show you something that is less clunky. So I don't love the because you'll never have quite the detail that you really want. When you're trying to answer the question, am I okay? You need a little more detail because there's more going on in your business than taxes and profit. Those aren't the only two things you have to deal with. So now you have to hold other information in your head. You have to say, okay, I have money set aside for taxes, but I also want to do that mastermind. And I also want to take some money out to buy some new furniture for the house. And I'm also planning on a trip on a, on a trip with the family. And now you're having to hold information in your head above and beyond the balance of that tax account. And I think that's an inferior thing. It's better than nothing, absolutely better than nothing, but it's inferior to something slightly more granular and slightly less clunky. My biggest complaint about the bank balance approach, the, the classic profit first approach, is it's very it's relatively easy to set up. You know, it's easy, well, relatively, it's relatively easy to go set up five bank accounts and to transfer money in to sort of seed these accounts with some cash and look, I'm doing it, I'm doing profit first, I've put money into my various accounts. My observation as a bookkeeper is what you end up with is a bunch of zero balance bank accounts and one operating account. So it's like we have all the good intention accounts and then we have an empty account or a series of empty accounts that have a bunch of transfers in and out. So what I'm used to seeing in people's profit first uh, type bank accounts is, a lot of little transactions in and then a lot of little transactions out. And I call that like the good intention loop. 
Oh, I need to set aside money for this. Ooh, I actually need that money today. Oh, I, but I'm going to set it aside tomorrow. Oh, but actually I need it again today. And they end up with six checking accounts. One of them has a, a balance in it. And the rest are zero balances or two of them have balances. And then there's some sort of stragglers where it's like that one has $50 in it. And that one has $400 in it. And they don't actually end up using them at all. So they've created a lot of overhead for themselves and for their bookkeeper in the form of a bunch of transfers back and forth between these accounts. And they're not ending up where they were hoping to end, end up, which is with these bank balances that actually do meaningful jobs in their business that uh, were supposed to help them feel better and help them feel like, yes, I am okay. And yes, I can afford the things that I want to afford. Those are the downsides. And if I can just give you a little aside as your bookkeeper, I do have some self-interest in presenting this. Transfers are hard to deal with in bookkeeping. They get The software gets confused, which, which account is the money going into, which is the account is the money going out to. Transfers are a hassle. And so the more transfers, I've, I've even thought, I don't, don't get me wrong, I'm not intending to do this, but I've even thought I might sort of charge some sort of transfer premium to clients who just want to ricochet money around their life. Money over here, money over there, bounce it back, bounce it back again. And it, it's just paper shuffling with no real benefit to the client. And it, it does cause bookkeeping overhead. I also happen to think it causes a lot of a, a mental and emotional overhead for the client. So I don't love the bank balance approach. I don't love the multi-bank approach. I would prefer in my, in my perfect world, I would prefer to see clients using an envelope-based tool like YNAB to, to manage their cash in a, in a way that has a little less clunkiness to it. It's still got a lot of flexibility. It's not perfect, but it, I think it's better than the alternative. So let's go back to our example. Mary client just paid us $1,000. Stripe took their $30 and then Stripe passed that $970 over to the checking account. And now I have $970 in my checking account and I've got to decide what to do with it. Well, here on the YNAB budget screen, I can see here that in the one-on-one -on -one coaching envelope, $1,000 flowed in. Now this is, by the way, this is not how YNAB is really natively meant to be used, but it's how we use it because, well, frankly, it's pretty great. So there's $1,000 sitting in the one-on-one -on -one coaching envelope and it needs to be given its jobs. So now instead of saying, well, I'm going to transfer $250 over to my tax savings account, I'm going to just move the money around inside the budget. So I have a, a category called personal taxes, and I'm going to transfer $250 to personal taxes. Now transfer might not even be the right word because that implies a bank account. I'm going to move $250 inside the budget to the personal tax envelope. So for those of you who are watching live, you can see there were $1,000 in the revenue category, the one-on-one -on -one coaching revenue category. Now there are $750 in there. There were $0 in the personal taxes envelope. Now there are $250 in there. So I've gotten to exactly the same place as I would have gotten with the multi-bank approach, but I did it without having to actually deal with the bank and to actually generate a transfer between accounts. This is a big deal. I know it's not the most riveting topic in the world, but the peace of mind that you can have when money comes in and then you allocate it across jobs in your business, 
my observation has been that this creates enormous peace of mind. And by the way, a nice little quirk of YNAB is that they'll tell you, they have this nice feature called recent moves that will tell you what money you moved. So I've been tinkering and you can, on those of you watching on the screen can see when I click on the recent moves link, you can see that I've been bouncing money around kind of all morning and afternoon, but look at this top one right here. It says $250 went from one-on-one -on -one coaching to personal taxes. That addresses the issue of not knowing how I moved my money and when so that I have clarity. Oh, when I ask myself, for example, hey, have I moved all the money over to taxes that I needed to this month? You can open up recent moves and you might see, oh, I haven't moved any money from revenue to taxes yet. I need to get that done. That's fantastic for peace of mind. That's the benefit. Now, there are, there are downsides. I think the biggest complaint that people make about this kind of system is that it's too easy to move your money. Because in this tool, in you need a budget, it's just as easy to take that $250 and move it to coaching. And I might hear myself saying, oh, I know that coaching program I'm doing is going to be so amazing that it's okay for me to take my tax money and spend it on coaching. And YNAB makes that extremely easy to do. In fact, I know in Profit First, Michalowicz even encourages people to have certain bank accounts at different banks that they cannot access online. So they would have to physically drive to the bank and withdraw the money in order to, in order to make that kind of move. I just think that we're all adults. And at some point, we're going to have to be in charge of our money. And putting these artificial barriers in place may help, but it's not something that I think is necessary. So instead, I'm encouraging all of us to make our lives, take advantage of technology and have the money live uh, all in one bank account and then move it around inside a budget screen in a tool like YNAB. So we can say, yep, I collected $1,000 and then I moved a percentage of that over to personal taxes. One of the other big cons of this, though, is that I know how intimidating this interface that's on your screen right now, I know how intimidating it is for people. Uh, you Need a Budget is a tool that when you open it up, it can look like a wall of numbers. There's all these columns. It's like a spreadsheet, but maybe even more confusing than a, than a spreadsheet for a brand new person. So there is a learning curve. I think if a person will take a, a beginner's approach and like practice, just say, you know what, I'm just going to practice bouncing money around inside this tool and see if I can make sense of how that money's moving, you'll pick it up more quickly than you think. You'll pick it up more quickly than you think. And then things are accounted for. Look, that's the gist of how money, uh, that's the gist of how bank balance budgeting works versus envelope-based budgeting. So I wanna, there's a few other things I wanna show you today, but for those few of you who are here live, I just wanna give you a chance to ask me questions about what I've done so far. What does it bring to your mind? What confusions do you have about it? Just anything you got, feel free to unmute and chat with me. Hey, Mark. Hi, Colette. How are you? Hey, so good. So good. Um, so I've got my YNAP open here. And um, I've just let you guys do all the things up yeah. to this point, And I know nothing still. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I made sure I tuned into this. 
So if I am trying to um, set up, like right now, it looks like I have my contractors that are regular or whatever, and I don't have anything assigned to them, I don't think. And so how would I assign Put it in yeah, so I appreciate the question because I want everybody who listens to this to know that we're we're keeping all of your transactions categorized and your accounts reconciled so so that you can trust the numbers that are in you need a budget. Yes. But we've done nothing on the budget screen. So I've had in mind that we actually should sort of make an announcement and say, hey, raise your hand if you want us to give you just a little bit of guidance and how to take the transaction information that we put in YNAB. Mm -hmm. and now translate it into what we're talking about or what we're showing on screen today. Cause I, yeah, a lot of people I, would have, I would appreciate that. I don't know about anybody else, but I just need to know like, okay, what do I do next? Yeah. And it's, it's, it deserves its own short video series that okay. I will make and I will release it honestly won't take very long. Okay. Um, but the idea is if you look at the top of your screen, there's a, there's a number called, uh, to be assigned or all money assigned. It's the mm -hmm. number in the top middle of the screen. Mm -hmm. That number ready may be to positive. Assign. It may be negative. Yeah. Ready to assign is what it says. Yeah. Basically what we've got okay. to do is we've got to clean up the rest of the budget screen. So that number has some money in it. And then we can kind of allocate money from that number out to the rest of the budget categories. Okay. Or like I already demonstrated, we can allocate money directly from revenue to... <laughs> Another category. So for example, Colette, you don't have to, no need to share your number, but I know uh -huh. that there are numbers in your revenue line. There's a green number in your revenue yeah. line. Uh -huh. You could click on that green number and it will ask you where you want to move money to. You could pick one of your contractors and you could say, I'm going uh -huh. to move $500 from revenue to Jane Doe, the contractor. And that is in my, that's the micro version of what we're talking about doing. We're acknowledging that some of the money that got paid to me my, by my clients is going to go to Jane Doe, my contractor, and my taxes and my other stuff. And we're, we're passing that money directly from revenue to those individual jobs within the business. So does that mean every time that something goes, goes into revenue, a certain amount goes to all those places? Is that what you're saying? Could. And I want to be clear, not automatically. Okay. It's a manual process that you, you and I would always have to do manually. Okay. Um, but I'll, what I think is, is common is for people to say, okay, once a month. And frankly, in a lot of our business, even businesses, even doing this once a quarter would be probably sufficient because we don't have so much going on in our businesses that we need to be managing cash on a daily basis. But what it looks like is we go into the business, we see how much revenue has accumulated in those revenue lines. And then we say, okay, what are all the jobs that money needs to do? And we start moving money out to those jobs so that we can say to ourselves, I know all the jobs my money is supposed to do. I've given money to, to all those jobs. Therefore, I'm okay. And I can afford the things I want to afford. Okay. That's is that something that, so would I like predict for the, till the end of the year or something like that and put that much money in or? Great questions. It depends on your philosophy. Okay. So YNAB's, YNAB's philosophy, their culture as a, as a business is that you only allocate cash that you have. Meaning once all the rev, all the money that's in those revenue lines, once it's been distributed across all those jobs and there's nothing left to distribute, YNAB 
encourages you to stop. Okay. And not to allocate dollars that haven't arrived yet. They call it forecasting. I call it forecasting too. I tend to do some forecasting with my CFO clients because we'll allocate the cash they have on hand. And then I'll say to them, well, what do you have coming up next month? And what about the month after that? Because I can then give them a number that says, I need this many dollars in March. I need this many dollars in April. And I need this many dollars in May. That's what the budget is asking for. Can you go generate that amount of money in that amount of time? Mm -hmm. And if they say, yes, I can, that fits right into my revenue plan. Then I say, perfect. If they say, you know what, it's really going to be a stretch for me to do that. Then I'll say, yeah, okay. Then we might need to look at how we've, how we've planned these expenses and we might have to back off certain places. Okay. So it's totally a philosophical approach. And I would encourage people to play with both. I think the worst thing we can do in these kinds of uh, things is, is be too rigid, too dogmatic, because there are so many different ways to get yourself to clarity and to comfort. And I don't, I don't judge anybody's, you know, method for doing that. Um, the foundation of it all is saying, how much cash do I have? What does that cash need to do for me before I get more cash? Mm. Okay. And the simplest way to handle that is probably once a month. Uh, a nice rhythm might be because of our bookkeeping flow. We're going to send you an email in the first part of the month and say, everything's current. You're going to answer some questions about a few transactions. And then having resolved those together, then you could say it's budgeting day. I'm going to go allocate cash, make my plan for the next month. And then I'll revisit after next month's transaction review. That actually would be a really nice rhythm. Yeah, that, that feels right. So any kind of little instructions to remind me of what I'm supposed to do at that moment that I'm. Yeah, I I need to create that. That would be amazing. Instead of creating like a full blown four hour course which I've done in the past, I think I want to create probably under 30 minutes of video guides to say, if you wanted to allocate your cash once a month and just get a sense for where things are, here's how you do that. Yeah. I, I would love that. I don't know about anybody else, but I would love that. I think there'll be a few. And for a lot of you listening, you'll be saying, I don't, I want, I have no interest in that. And that's actually fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay to have no interest in this speaking for most of the businesses we have in our community, some of you are spending money at rates and in amounts that I would say, this is actually a really good exercise for you. But for a lot of us, and this is me too, our businesses are so simple that I don't really need to look at this more than once a month. Yeah, I agree. I I agree with that 100%. So thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, Colette. Great questions. Anybody else want to chat live? Questions, concerns about uh, about what I'm demonstrating on the screen? Okay. Something that will be potentially very useful to all you, my friends in the coaching industry, is that a system like this... Oh, somebody asked earlier if automatic transfers can be set up. I don't believe so. I think she, well, uh, to your question in bank accounts, some banks allow for automatic transfers. I don't think by percentage, but by amount. So that's, if you're using the bank approach, potentially there's something to be done there. YNAB does not have a way that I'm aware of 
That'd be funny if I were wrong. YNAB does not have a way that I'm aware of to do automatic allocations. Now, being the nerd that I am, I have thought about writing some software that would kind of, clients would be able to choose their allocations. And then once a month we would click go and it would go allocate. I may have to edit that out of the video because it would be cool, but I'm probably months away from feeling like I have time to, to tinker with a project like that. In the meantime, it's a really good exercise to put in your calendar, like the sixth of the month, the eighth of the month budgeting day. And to say, I know my bookkeeping is going to be current and accurate by that point. I'm going to log in and I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do that work. Okay. I got this much revenue. I'm going to allocate this much to tax. I'm going to allocate this much to profit, allocate this much to coaching software and so on. I think you may shock yourself with the catharsis that comes from that exercise. Sometimes it's stressful. Sometimes you say, I have no money and I, but there are things I want to budget for. And now I'm bummed out. But for years now, I've been saying that stress is better than the stress of ignorance. The stress of awareness is always better than the stress of ignorance because the stress of awareness is temporary, tends to be very temporary. And the stress of ignorance is this sort of chronic, uh, it just sort of eats at you. So it's not automated, but I think that's actually to our advantage. Uh, I was about to say, for those of us in the coaching space who tend to like to make big investments in coaching in particular, a process like this may help you pause just that extra second and say, the money that I'm spending on coaching, I'm now having an opportunity to take ownership for what that money is not doing. If I'm giving that many thousand dollars to coaching, it means I'm not giving it to myself. <laughs> It also means I'm not giving it to taxes, for example. We talked about that a lot last month, but this is the mechanism that you can actually use to make that concrete. You can say, oh, I collected $5,000 in revenue. I want to spend $25,000 on coaching. Huh. Well, how am I going to do that? And once or twice, you might say, I'm going to borrow from my 401k or use my home equity line or drain a savings account or max out a credit card. But the second, third, fourth times, a process like this will probably get you to say, hmm, I think maybe I'm going to pause, hold off on that for a minute, and I'm going, to, I'm going to save up the money. Every time money comes in, I'll take a percentage, I'll allocate it to coaching. And when that coaching balance is high enough, then I'll spend the 25K on whatever program I'm excited about. Again, that is worth an experiment uh, to see how it impacts your state of mind day to day. Folks, that's the, that's the gist of what I wanted to talk about today. I, I kind of, knew, <laughs> I knew when I sent out the announcement of this, I knew that it wasn't going to be like, I wasn't going to have a stampede of people coming to talk about bank balance budgeting versus envelope budgeting. But here's the thing. A lot of you have heard of Stephen Covey's, I don't know, it's this quadrant thing. And in, in this quadrant, you have urgent and important and you have a couple of others. I can't remember what they are. This kind of conversation falls squarely in the urgent. I'm sorry. It falls squarely in the important, but not urgent quadrant. It's important. It's not fun necessarily, but it's important because the way you manage your cash in the long run will be an enormous source of peace or a chronic persistent stressor. It will be one or the other. Just please believe me. 
Some of you think, but it won't be when I'm making a bajillion dollars. Nope, it still will because I have clients who are making a bajillion dollars and they're as stressed as they ever were about money if they're not actively managing it. Just trust me. Please believe me on that. So I would encourage, especially those of you who are, and, and it's not a few of you, that's why this is worth a call. There are many of you who have lots of bank accounts that you're using to manage your cash. I applaud the intent and sometimes I applaud the execution. And other times I would say, hey, let's close all of those accounts except one or two and let's experiment with you need a budget as a cash allocation tool and save you some overhead and save me some overhead and just make this a little bit easier on you in the long run. So that's what I wanted to say about that. Yeah, I think we'll leave it there because too much of this kind of conversation just frankly puts us all to sleep. Who else is here that wants to chat about anything at all relating to their business finances or anything else about their business? It's a relatively small group live. So if you want to chat, I'm here for you. Nobody wants to talk about their revenue plan for the month. Nobody wants to talk about how they thought they were going to make a lot more money in January and February and they didn't actually do it. And now they're not sure why. Nobody wants to ask about that next big mastermind they're thinking about investing in. <laughs> okay. That's fine. We just had somebody come in live. Welcome new person. We wrapped up kind of the, uh, we wrapped up the sort of structured presentation and now we're just chatting. So if you have any questions, concerns, anything at all you want to talk about your business, please speak up because if not, we'll make it a short one today and that's fine. Uh, she just put in the chat that she wished she had a client. It's no problem. The video will be available. The recorded, the audio will be available. But if there's anything else you want to talk about in your business, speak up. Okay. No worries. Um, somebody asked, where are the videos? Uh, I don't, I don't have a, I'll create a home for the videos and I'll email out the link to that home. I do have a place for it, but I don't have a place that's just for sort of our, uh, our community's videos. Okay, folks, have an amazing month. Go market, go sell. Simplify. Streamline. And, um, okay, you know what? Actually, <laughs> since nobody else wants to talk, I'm going to talk for another minute. I'm going to talk about bank accounts. We'll see if anybody gets to this part of the recording anyway. I'm going to talk about bank accounts and stressed out business owners. You may all have heard me say this before, but I can tell having, having done this for thousands of hours, bookkeeping and advising coaches on the cash flow, I can open up a, a coach's finances and I can tell you a lot about their stress level. And I can, and that's with about 95% confidence. So if I open up a client's financials 
and I see a bunch of bank accounts, weirdly, that is the single biggest tell. It is the single biggest indication of a stressed out business owner. And I think I have a guess as to why. I think that when we get stressed out in business, and especially when we feel like, oh, I'm low on cash, or we feel out of control, or we feel like, oh, my tax bill was big and I, I didn't feel quite prepared for it. And now I've got to, I don't ever want that to happen again. One of the easiest things to do in that moment is to open a bank account. And it seems like once a person has opened a bank account as a solution to a cash management problem or to a stress problem, it's like once they've crossed that threshold, then it becomes easier. So people have people who, who have a few bank accounts end up opening a lot of bank accounts. And like I said earlier, those accounts tend to have very low or zero balances. So that's one big, that's one big tell. One big tell of a business owner stress is they have a bunch of bank accounts. Another one is that they have a bunch of transfers. Now I already talked about transfers earlier in the call, but if I go into a person's financials and I see money bouncing around the business to this checking account, to that checking account, oh, a little payment to that credit card, a little payment to that credit card, and I just see money bouncing around, I've probably got a stressed out business owner. I've probably got a business owner who's worried about money. And again, no one should ever hear this as criticism. I don't really believe there's a right or wrong as it relates to bank accounts. I mean, come on, who cares? But it, it just has shown me over the years that if I see lots of bank accounts, if I see lots of transfers, I probably have a business owner who's not feeling super confident. The same thing applies also if I see a bunch of little withdrawals from the business, kind of a hundred here, 500 there, 400 here. That tells me that a business owner doesn't want to be drawing on the business, but they feel stressed out. Like, oh, I need a little bit of money in my personal finances. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna grab three or $400 here real quick or $1,000. And again, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. It's an indicator of not feeling confident in a particular financial strategy and just sort of like grabbing the money as needed in, kind of in a stressed out way. So that's a big tell for me. Another one is tons of products, tons of offerings. So when I go into a business and I see that they have, I don't know, 10 different products they sell, 15 different products they sell, even frankly, like five or six, I say, okay, this is, this is interesting. I'm probably, when I talk to this business owner, I'm probably going to hear that I'm going to be able to tell that they're not super confident that any one of those products is really the one that can carry them where they want to go. And they're solving, this is, this is my real opinion. And I would carve this in stone. Most of the time when people are creating a bunch of new products, they're trying to solve marketing problems with new products. Oh, that's really gold. It's too bad that's 40 minutes into this recording where maybe nobody's ever going to hear it. But I've seen this over and over and over again. They're solving marketing problems by adding products. They're saying, oh, that product didn't sell as well as I'd hoped. I'm going to create a different product. When the reality is the issue is upstream. The issue is in the fact that not enough people know, like, and trust them. So it's not really a product problem. It's a marketing problem, but they keep trying to solve. They keep trying to solve marketing problems with products. It doesn't work because products aren't marketing. Products can get shared, 
But I will say this, in eight years working in however many businesses I've worked in, I've never seen a product miraculously transform a business, but I have seen marketing miraculously transform businesses. Those are some of my big, some of my big uh, tells about a potentially stressed out business owner. Are there a bunch of bank accounts? Are there a bunch of transfers between those bank accounts? Are there a bunch of little withdrawals from the business to the personal side? Are, uh, is the business owner telling me that they've borrowed money from the business? That's always a big sign to me. Again, no one has done anything wrong in that situation. But if someone is saying, I feel the need to borrow money from my business, what the, they must on levels, some level feel like it's wrong for them to harvest the money from the business. It's not wrong. So they're, they're kind of saying, well, I'm just going to take this for a minute and then I'm going to give it back. Well, no, it's your money. You don't have to give it back unless for some reason you think that something will go wrong because you've taken that money out. It's an indicator of a stress level. And then of course, like I said, if people have a bunch of products, for me, it's a tell. It's a, it's like, oh, you're, uh, you're trying to solve marketing problems with products. The alternative, by the way, the lower or lowest stress business owners that I tend to interact with, their businesses look something like this. There is a checking account. There may be a second checking account or a savings account because the one thing I've observed is that people really do like partitioning their tax money into its own account. And I've stopped fighting it. I even have clients where we do, you need a budget in the way that I demonstrated today. And they insist on having a couple other bank accounts, which is duplicate work, but it's just easier for them to get to peace of mind doing that. So in a, in a lower stress situation, there's one checking account. There might be a second checking account or a savings account. There's a credit card that they use for operating expenses because they want points. There's probably a PayPal account. There's probably a Stripe account. There are not three PayPal accounts. There are not three Stripe accounts. Not because there's anything wrong with those things, but they're an indication of a sort of frenetic energy in a business. And if you think it sounds crazy that I can, that I'm associating things like extra Stripe accounts or extra PayPal accounts or extra checking accounts with frenetic energy in a business, I've got the receipts. I've talked, I mean, we're talking thousands at this point, definitely in the multiple thousands of hours talking to people about their businesses and seeing connections between these little indicators and their stress level. So they have a very simple banking structure, very simple. They sell one to three products. Usually there's something on slightly on the kind of on the lower end, lower priced um, side of things. And usually there's something on the higher price side of things. And they just drive those products. They drive them and they drive them and they drive them. And they build marketing that, you know, they do marketing that supports those products. They don't change their products a lot. They sell the same product for years and years and years. Once it's sort of proven itself, I'm not anti-experimentation. I hope that's clear. But the experimentation should mostly happen in the marketing because I'm here to tell you, if you have a whole, if you have a stadium full of people who like and trust you, you can sell them anything you want. You can package it in a way that you're excited about and they're excited about. It, the packaging, the product, that doesn't matter as much. It just doesn't matter as much.
So they have one to three products and they just sell those over and over. They have a relatively small, simple team. They don't change that team all that often. They're not frantic about, I fired her because I'm hiring her and I'm in love with this new person and I'm out on that person. They're not, it's not so volatile. When I ask them, what does that person do? They can give me a very clear answer. This is what she does. This is how it helps. Their businesses tend to be, they just tend to be simpler, simpler to operate, simpler to manage. It's funny to me that um, easy bookkeeping is a strong sign of a healthy business and hard bookkeeping correlates very strongly to a hard business. So I'll tell you one of my, one of my goals, one of my projects in 2022 is to reach out to those of you in the community who have really hard bookkeeping and to discover if I'm right, discover if, oh, actually, yeah, this does correlate to some confusion, some stress in the business owner about what is it I'm, what am I doing here? How is it working? Because easy bookkeeping tends to correlate to easy, easier business. Notice yourself if you find, notice what you, what you find yourself wanting to do in stress. If in stress, you notice yourself wanting to open another bank account or create another product, I'm not telling you not to do it. I'm telling you that's a sign. And you may still open the bank account. You may still uh, create another product, but wait until you're out of stress to make those kinds of moves because you may just need to sleep on it and say, mm, another bank account adds overhead, not necessarily financial overhead, but it adds process and mental overhead to my business. Do, does it actually benefit me or am I just stressed out? Same thing with a product. Am I sure that my product isn't working or is it actually just that I need more marketing or better marketing and my product is fine? It's not time to give up on my product. It's time to focus on my marketing. Those are some thoughts for you about the relationship between your banking, your bookkeeping, and, and your business um, from a person who's done it a few thousand times now. A few thousand. I'm looking at the chat. Somebody says... Uh, do you recommend taxes set aside in my YNAB checking account? It's just another line for me. Well, when you say your YNAB checking account, I'm not totally sure what you mean. You can set aside taxes in a YNAB envelope, a digital envelope on the YNAB budget screen, or you could set aside taxes in a checking account or a savings account separate from your operating account. I don't have really strong opinions about which one of those is better. But if, if you tell me then you want to open up a third, fourth, fifth, and sixth checking accounts, I have stronger opinions about that. Uh, okay, so she says, yeah, I want to know digitally. And, I, and yeah, that's, that's what I talked about earlier in the call. Basically, when money comes into your business, I would recommend that after we do our monthly transaction review with you, which will be coming up in the next few days, put a day in your calendar, the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth of the month, somewhere in there, where you know the bookkeeping is completely current and reconciled and accurate, and then you can spend... It could be 15 minutes. It could be an hour. It doesn't have to be a ton of time on the budget screen in YNAB 
allocating money to taxes, allocating money to contractors, to coaching, to travel, allocating money to these different places and saying, okay, good. I know where I stand with my cash. See you next month. All right, more to come on this, folks. I will do a, uh, I will do a short, it'll be a short, you know, I think if it's more than 30 minutes, I'm doing you a disservice. I don't want to create this massive course for you to consume. I want you to feel like you can bounce in and out of these videos, um, how to manage your cash. Watch for those. Keep marketing, keep selling. And unless somebody else wants to jump on and chat with me live now, We'll talk next month. Okay, folks, thanks for being here. We'll talk to you talk to you again in the future.